Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Curry, and welcome to Eavesdrop. We're so glad you're with us today. We are a part of Big Brains Media. You can find out more about us at bigbrainsmedia.com. You can also go to iTunes for a podcast, which is free, and also subscribe to it so you don't miss one event or one edition, rather, of Eavesdrop. And so we're really glad that you're with us today. Today we're talking to Dallas Teague Schneider, who is a woman with quite a story of uh, pain, which I think a lot of us have, don't we, Dallas? I believe so. I yeah. Don't, yeah. <laughs> and, and that pain so often leads that way to success. So thanks for being with us today. Absolutely my pleasure. I want to, uh, as part of our conversation, I want to talk a little universally in a minute about what people in our country and really in the world are going through after uh, the bombing in Boston and how that changes us from the inside out. But you as a child lived in an explosive environment. Tell us how that started to pave the way for you. Absolutely. Well, Fran, I think many of us who grow up in environments that are unsettling, um, abusive environments, or environments that, again, are filled with uncertainty, we don't really know that there's anything wrong with that. It's our normal. And so until we actually start to get older, until we see other people and models in other ways, it's very difficult for us to even know that there's something else, there's something better. Um, My mother was bipolar and schizophrenic. And um, my parents divorced when I was six. So by the time I was six, I was 13. I had three additional stepdads, had moved to Hawaii and California, came back to Alabama to go to high school with people that I had gone to middle school with. And in that whole process, her illness was getting worse and worse. So the reality was, as a teenager, I became an adult very fast. I was making the decisions. I was working. I was helping my mother pay bills. She was actually doing drugs and making excuses for that. And I was embarrassed and couldn't bring friends over because, oh, my goodness, will my mom be doing drugs? So, you know, a lot of times with mental illness, what we've learned in many things that have happened, especially we talked about what's happening in the world right now, I, I truly believe that mental illness has a big uh, you know, a big play in that. Um, but a lot of times our laws don't, they they really don't protect the families. Right. You know, if we see a loved one that's hurting or we see someone that's struggling, you know, oftentimes the law says it has to get worse before it gets better. And that's what happened in my situation. So you rose above that. And now you are all involved in inspiring people, encouraging people. Uh, You have a book out called Finding Dallas. What did Dallas find out about Dallas that got you to that point? Well, uh, when I was a little girl, I was called D. So, um, and I went through D in high school until I was 18. I got to college, and it was my grandfather's name. And so it was very difficult in college to say, would you please call me D? You know, when they have a roster of, what, 30-plus people, even if you go to a small Mm -hmm. community college, right? And so I started to take pride in my name. But it wasn't until, actually, the last, I would say, five years, as I started that spiritual searching from things that were showing up in my life, ways I thought had I had actually overcome this, but yet I was truly in denial that I was even a wounded child. So finding Dallas was really understanding the things, the self-sufficiency that the Lord had blessed me with was truly going to be something that was going to keep me from the intimate relationship with Him and also show up in my marriage, 
right? You know, even though it was something that helped me in my survival when I needed it, I needed to be vulnerable so I could count on God and not on myself. Now, I'll tell you that I knew God in my life before I knew Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I understand that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I experienced God in my life before Scripture, but it wasn't until I um, really went through a healing process and, and realized that I was an abandoned child. Um, I was abused to admit that I had been abused. Oh, my goodness, because my response was, oh, it's okay, you know, um, it's not a big deal, but that is truly the classic sign of denial. <laughs> I was in denial, I was in denial, right? Yeah, so Finding Dallas truly was a um, a book that actually the Lord inspired me to write seven years prior, yet I didn't know why, I didn't, um, I had written business books, I have written a high school curriculum, um, I've been very successful in business, um, but yet God told me, I want you to write your story. So, respectfully, I said, no, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. Not right Jesus. now. Just hold up a minute. Just, Jesus, yeah. you know, I, why, you know, who yeah. wants to hear my story? But what I've realized, Fran, is that through the healing process and by obeying God, by really honoring what He had put in my heart, it's really changing lives. And I'm ha- I have people, m- men and women, who say, thank you so much for writing this book. Because oftentimes people say, we would not look at somebody like you and have any idea. I don't know what they mean by that. But, but have any idea that you walked through that. And it's when we're truly vulnerable and it's when we truly are willing to share our hearts with others, they realize they're not alone. That's so very true because we are so influenced in our culture by, well, she looks great. She must have it all together. And and what I quickly learned after being on TV for many years is that nobody has it all together. Everybody, <laughs> everybody has issues. And that we're all only as sick as our secrets. And once we start to reveal those through the power of Jesus Christ, can we start to change lives? Oh, absolutely! You know, the healing and the the we heal in sharing of our the sharing of our stories is what I what I've said. And and I really feel people will ask me oftentimes. They say, it's so funny. They'll say, "What type of Christian are you?" And I thought I, I go, "Well, I've been sprinkled, uh, confirmed, and dunked. If we can focus on Jesus and the love of God, right. then we can move forward." Um, but it's and I really have. <laughs> So, but the whole point of that is that you know what I invent, what I see all the time is the walking wounded. Yes, you know people ask me, well, who who is your market? I'm thinking, well, really, as as a Christian, everyone that God puts in our path is is our responsibility, aren't they? Now, not to take take responsibility for them, but to you know when they come in our path, there's a reason they're in our path, right. and perhaps it's for us to learn or for them to learn. We don't. We'll never know till we get to the other side. But for me, um, I believe that people who have childhood wounds or adult wounds that they haven't healed from, and it's what I call the emotional slavery or prison. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a very free country. But yet, it's a choice to be free, and Jesus gives us that opportunity. Yes, He does. And, uh, you know, for me, last week's bombing in Boston was very Mm -hmm. personal. Uh, Two friends that were seriously injured in that, and Boston is my other hometown because that's where I went to college. And I have been surprised, thinking the past six years, since I've been going through um, what I call 
God camp, for a lack of a better phrase, <laughs> the last six years. Mm-hmm. And so many things have been healed. Um, how wounded I am today. Yeah. And how much it hurts. Mm-hmm. And how deeply I'm bruised by some something that somebody would do that is so cruel. And um, my best quality is also my worst quality, being very tender-hearted. So how do you, how do you speak to people out there who are, uh, one minute I'm angry, the next minute I'm looking for God in this thing? Yeah, um, when we see tragedy, what we have to remember is we live in a fallen world. Right. And God is a God of love, a God of grace, um, but yet... He never said it was going to be easy for us. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) What he said is, I will be with you, right? Right. And so the beautiful thing about that, Fran, is you're looking for God in that. And because you're looking for God in that, what I saw was God show up in the everyday heroes that Mm -hmm. um, just stepped in to help where they could, right? I saw that in you going to be there with your friends in a time of need last week. You know, we all have a divine nature inside of us, and it's called the Holy Spirit. And, um, you know, so what happens is, though, is we forget that. We forget that we're really ambassadors here to make a difference while we're here. So if we just look for God, we will find God everywhere in the midst of tragedy. I think that's very true. And I think as far as the uh, Boston situation, because of the memorial service, the community-wide memorial service was held in South Boston, which has a tough history of racism. The entire city of Boston does. It's a very divided city. You got Italians in the North End. You got the Irish in South End. You got the poor people in Roxbury and Dorchester. And then I saw people from every faith stand in that pulpit, including Cardinal O'Malley. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I found hope in that situation. For people who are going through other stuff, how do they find that hope in situations? Because Dallas, just you are a very hopeful person, and that resonates to the rest of us. Well, it's really amazing. I've, I've been very fortunate in my walk with the Lord, and I first really heard the Lord speak to my heart again when He told me emphatically to write the book, and I disobeyed <laughs> for seven years. Um, but you know, my vision as that um, as that speaker and that writer and that thought leader, um, the Lord really gave me something called your inner frog. And many people will think that means forgive, you know, what is it, fully rely on God, right? People have heard that. No, no, no. This is God's version. Uh, Not that that's not God's version, but Uh this is Dallas's interpretation of what the Holy Spirit spoke to her. And what you need to know is that I originally thought about that because in business, right? You know, because frogs don't go backwards, right? right? So I was thinking from from a very secular standpoint, but the Holy Spirit said, no, no, no. Forgive receive, overcome, and grow in God. Wow. That is that is what my hope is to share with the world, that whenever these tragedy, these things happen, whether it's the bombing, whether it's the bombing in your life, right? right. right. Because these things happen all the time. Yes. And uh, if we can go and say, oh, where's that, where's that inner frog? You know, how do I go forward? Because we may have a plan for our life. I don't know about you, oh, Fran, yeah. but my plan was, to, I thought I was going to be married at 20 and have kids. Ditto. Well, that didn't happen. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, what happens is when, when life happens and we get off course, it's very easy for us to be discouraged. It's easier for us to feel like we've missed it somehow. But what we have to know is that let's say um, that all of a sudden now our life is in a diagonal, right? Yeah. A different, we can go forward from there. We can find our inner frog and say, what, who and what do I need to forgive? Do I need to forgive myself, right? Yeah, yeah. And do I, and, and, okay, I can say I forgive, friend, but receiving, what I've realized is receiving is the biggest part of that. Really? Yeah. And when I wrote that down, I thought, okay, receive, what's that mean? Great. But in my learning the last couple of years, so oftentimes we'll say we believe in Jesus, Right. We know God loves us, yes. but yet we won't receive what He what He died to give us, the freedom. We continue to beat ourselves up. We can continue to compare ourselves to others. We don't realize that, you know, God loved us so much that Jesus came as His sons to say, "Friend, when I go, you are the daughter of God." Dallas, you are the daughter of God. And that's huge. That's yeah. huge. I love you so much. Nothing, there's not a barrier between my love and you. So just seek me. I want to talk to you. I remember when uh, Maya Angelou said once, the first time that she said it and looked in the mirror and said, God loves me. Oh, personally, yes. God loves me. This is a personal relationship. So I love the frog thing. I'm going to have to remember that. That's <laughs> well, yeah, huge. Yeah, I really need that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, um, but you, you have to speak a lot to a lot of businesses and churches. Tell us a little bit about what you do on a daily basis. Well, God has really been working a miracle in my life. One of the things that have, has recently hap- uh, happened um, well, let me just back up. Two years ago, again, mm-hmm. these always happen. <laughs> we all have those little spurts. <laughs> right. Right. I came up with this Bible study outline called Princesses Welcome, No Divas Allowed. Oh, amen, sister. Thank you. <laughs> and um, and it really happened that it was inspired in the shower. I don't know what it is with the shower. Oh, and, I know yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. It's going to be rebaptized. I think that's it. it Maybe really the, the symbolic nature of water, right? Exactly. So I thought, you know, as we all second guess ourselves and the shower is a good place to do it. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, you are totally being a diva. Hmm. I said, you are perfect, that I created you uniquely. And I know exactly what, not that you can't be your best, you know, not that you can't, um, you know, be more healthy, whatever those things are, but you're totally being a diva. And I thought, Oh, my goodness. So I had this whole outline of this Bible study to come, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, be, yeah. Yeah, to come. Oh, <laughs> all my outlines, honey, to get thrown away as soon as I step in the pulpit. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. But I'm going to uh, – so now I have this keynote that, that follows it that talks about the frog and really sort of sums that up. Um, but what I wanted to share with you is you're now speaking to Ms. Alabama America – 2013, 
Wearing a Crown for Christ is my platform. Wow. And the Lord is about to send me out there on this mission. <laughs> so um, I, all I have to say is uh, if there's someone that has a, uh, a group, a church out there, an organization, and wants to hear a little bit about my story, um, they can reach out because I can no longer hide. That's right. No longer hide. So, um, so yeah, so I have to be in a na- – <laughs> and, and this is the, the – Amazing thing, and I think, Fran, that all of our sisters need to hear this, and and our brothers, right? Mm -hmm. I was driving to a Bible study, and I was just thinking, God, do you really want me to do this? Mm. You know, I'm going to be 44 in May. Um, (laughs) You know, you're a child, a a mere babe, a mere baby. (laughs) But still, you know, not somebody who thinks to start doing this pageant deal, right? Right. And I just thought. Wow, okay. Um, because this is a unique pageant. It is, um, there is no local competition. There is no state competition. You apply, uh, submit a picture, you talk about what your platform is, and they do a background check. And as long as you are, you know, they think you're going to represent the crown well, then you get to move forward with that for your platform. Wow. So who but God would say, you don't have to go through all that political mess. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to put a crown on your head, right? Wow. So uh, anyway, so I'm going to the Bible study and I just had this vision of Jesus, you know, me bending down, Jesus kissing me on the cheek and saying, you are good enough. Wow. And I thought, I just started crying. I said, Lord, how many of your precious daughters need to know they are good enough? So that's when I said, wearing a crown for Christ, that we all wear a crown of righteousness. We just don't see it. And that's part of that receiving. Receive your crown of righteousness today. And that is so true, mm-hmm. because I think most of us have been there or are there right now. And uh, in the last six years since um, my, um, since the Lord took me away from the television station, we'll put it that way, uh, it has been clear that He is working through me. And He doesn't mean for me to sit there and eat a half gallon of Publix chocolate almond ice cream. And one day I was doing that, and it was just like a whisper. He said, you're better than that. I love you. Yeah. I have a plan for you. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody out there who's, um, you know, God's freed them from maybe a job they hated or a marriage that was difficult or just any number of things? How, how, how do you get started? What is step one to say, okay, Jesus loves me. All right. That's nice. So, yeah. yeah well, how do I pay my bills? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go tell Alabama Power. Well, Jesus loves me. Right. (laughs) Yeah, they might not. They they still won't let you out of your debt, I don't think. (laughs) Exactly. Um, You know, friends, something, and I'm going through that very thing myself. And in fact, um, I was working as a state director for the Alabama CASA Network, court-appointed special advocates for children of neglect and abuse. And um, I had the wonderful opportunity to speak at the state house and, you know, you could tell people were moved, the kids that were there were moved and so forth. And um, But much like you, I heard the voice of, of God say, you need to quit your job mm-hmm. and you need to focus on your speaking and yep. coaching ministry. And I thought, great, Lord, but how am I going to do that? Right. So the next day, my board president, they were losing. The budget was getting cut back and so forth. And um, 
the president said, Dallas, are you happy? <laughs> Whoa. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a, so it gave me, you know, so I said, you know, I'm not. I they were in the past they were being flexible around television or any of the other things that I was doing and uh and so we worked out a plan for me to leave. Well, I had a lot of training, the business etiquette I do I do um and I don't necessarily bring up my faith when it's in the business environment. Mm-hmm. Um but I do um professional and business etiquette training, really what I call Christ-like principles um and leadership principles with companies. As you know, the work ethic and the professionalism is not what it used to be. Exactly. And my Pollyanna um <laughs> thought about it is maybe people just don't know we don't know we right. don't know so i tried to um to offer that to companies um but what i what i found since january is that people will call me and say they can't they you know Merrill. let's okay let's put it this way merrill lynch called me to do two training things for 60 employees and wow. i quoted them a very reasonable rate and they said they didn't have the money now, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Hello. I, <laughs> uh, hello. Right, right. And all these business things. And I'm thinking, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me? Right. And then this pageant thing came up. Uh-huh. And more and more, I'm, I'm having people that are coming and saying, I want to partner with you. I want to sponsor this. I want to. Um, and now this crown has been put on my head. If I had a lot of things on the books right now, would I be able to be called to go out and speak no. and offer opportunities for personal uh, coaching with people? No. You know, because I've been doing it with executives. But what about those individuals out there who would want to invest in themselves to have a mentoring um, professional coaching relationship that I haven't even made the offer to yet? Right. Exactly. And so many people need that because our world, our whole world has changed in four years. Oh. I mean, I never thought that the skill of reading and writing would would be not in vogue. I never dreamt of do, I dreamt of doing two things. I was going to be the news anchor, journalist first and foremost, and I wanted to be a rocket. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The rocket. That's thing. great. Well, hey, they have great lines. Well, it and, didn't yeah. work out cuz I was too short. Oh, yeah. Well, so I that's would why have that get to the rocket yeah. thing. <laughs> so but as we were talking earlier, we're just having to almost reinvent ourselves. We went to college in an age where there weren't cell phones, where there weren't computers, and trying to get computer literate. And so I think a lot of what you're talking about is just the very basic things that we have to do to survive in this brand new world and this brand new culture. Exactly. And what I, what I always say to folks when I'm doing the training is we have to realize that technology is supposed is. You know, there's beautiful things about it. We can be on this podcast today, right? People can hear us internationally at any time with, you know, just a, um, you know, just tapping a button on their iPhone. That's or, so cool. or I mean, it's very, very cool. But when we've learned, when we've lost the ability to build relationships with people, what was Jesus a master at? Relationships. Relationships. Yes. From the beginning of time, even Adam had a relationship, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hi, Eve. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. And so, and so, but relationships are the most difficult things. Yes, they are very difficult. Right. But we don't ever do any work or any growth to realize how do we maximize those relationships. That's true. You know? That's so true. Yeah. Because it's easier for, 
it's easier to isolate sometimes. Like my first response after last week as being someone who has clinical depression, we always want to isolate. And I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to see anybody. I was just going to sit there and just keep drinking Fox News. Yeah. But I knew I had to get out. Right. I knew I had to go. And I think that's a piece of advice for people who are listening to us. And If you don't have friends, maybe you need to try to go to a local church and start to build those relationships. Absolutely. And what I'd like to say about that, anytime we have, whether it was the tornadoes that blew through Alabama oh um, the last few years and just devastated so many communities and lives, um, you know, we saw Jesus show up there, too, didn't yes, we? Yes, yes. Um, but... Um, we experience secondary trauma. Yes, we do. And um, many people just hearing that, but whether it's in our generation, I think this whole era of bombing, the you know the nine eleven and Timothy McVeigh and all these things that are in, we just can't even imagine. What we have to understand is people in other countries are dealing with this every single, single day. day. Ireland, Israel. Uh, Oh, England. Yeah. And and Dr. Keith Abloh, who is a psychiatrist that's often on Fox News, he said maybe one of the most helpful things, he said maybe it is that we're not going to give up the way we live. When I go to Boston, I'm going to go to the same cafe that I went to when I was in college. I'm going to, the Lord and Taylor with the camera that got the shot of the suspects, I'm going shopping at that Lord and Taylor. Mm-hmm. But maybe we need to start to accept that this can happen even in America. Well, I think we have to be aware. And yeah. I also think we need to pray Ephesians over us and yes, have the full army of God. <laughs> armor of God. <laughs> Come right? on, everybody. Yeah, give us it. Yeah, I want my, yeah, exactly. Um, but with that being said, um, I do think we have to be aware. We need to be smart. We yeah, can't we just do. walk around like we used to. I don't think it's about being in fear because let me just preface, fear is not from God. No, not at all. But it is the enemy's way of keeping, keeping us from having the joy, having the love, having the, having, um, you know, all the fruits of the Spirit manifesting in our lives. And so the way to kick the enemy in the butt yeah. and to really give him a slap in the face mm-hmm. is to continue what we have done, you know? That's right. And really going back and looking at what God's Word says about it when times are difficult. You know, I really think that the Bible is alive and it speaks to us. Yes, it does. And I know what it says to me, what it said to me five years ago, and when I read it today, that depending on what's in my life, it it can have a completely different impact. Right. You know, we were speaking earlier about, you know, you said, um, um, you know, someone mentioned something and it just really, you know, spoke to your heart. Right. Well, someone, you know, someone could be listening to this and it speak to their heart. Somebody else might say, well, that's nice. And, you know, right, right. Um, you know, our hope is that that they find in- inspired regardless, they find themselves inspired regardless. But um, it is just so important that we understand that when bad things happen, it's not a permission for us to hate God. Exactly. Or people. Or people, because, you know, he loves them too. He does. You know, you know. He does. <laughs> and, and, that, and, you know, and that's the hard part. I think yeah. sometimes that is the most difficult part. Like, how could, could somebody do that in Boston? How could somebody do 9 11? Mm. And that we as Christians have to look beyond that and know that. We need to forgive as well. And I think that's the the biggest part of the journey, at least it is for me, first to forgive myself. 
Oh. For everything. <laughs> and then forgive others. But ultimately, forgiveness is a gift we give ourselves. Well, and, you know, when um, I, th- I think it was Peter asked Jesus how many times to forgive, mm-hmm. you know, what was it, 70 times 7, um, I really don't think the number is important. It's just the fact that we are going to have to do that continually throughout our lifetime. That's right. It's not something that um, we're... You know, it's not one day we're going to wake up and not need to forgive ourselves or forgive someone else. But the good news is that the Holy Spirit has already forgiven us. That's right. We just need to confess that to Him, um, and then forgive ourselves and, and move and find our frog and move forward. Ribbit, <laughs> you have such a strong personal message. Tell, tell tell us about what do you think God is preparing you for? That's always the fascinating part for me. It, it's kind of like what Joyce Meyer talks about. That she was making a bed, and God told her she would have a worldwide ministry. Right. Well, um, that's very interesting. I was interviewed on AL dot com, and uh, the lady said, "Well, what's next? Are you the next Beth Moore?" And I said, That's so funny because I'm sitting here listening to you, and you remind me of Beth. Uh, well, you know, it's funny. People told me that before I knew who she was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, really? Okay. But, you know, when I told her, I said, yeah, I really am the first Dallas. Wow. And, um, you know, one of the things that um, that God shared with me on Saturday, I just want to take a moment if I can, and mm-hmm. because I think this will really um, touch some people, and hopefully what the Lord spoke to me. I know we're kind of running out of time, but... Basically, um, I was in a conference, and it's all about expire, you know, excelling and success and all this stuff. And the Lord has really inspired me to go out there in an international speaking ministry. And um, I envision television, Jesus Knocking as my blog, and Jesus Knocking TV. And, um, you know, so make sure you Google that and check it out. Um, but uh, this is what the Lord said to me and calmed me, um, Dallas. I have a plan and purpose for your life. I will provide the abundance through divine ways, supernaturally. Therefore, through your experience, they will know that I am God. Don't let the spirit of mammon, which is greed and pride and things of that nature, distract you from your path as I have set a course unfolding as you write this. With your heart focused, you will have clarity and peace and knowingness that surpasses understanding. My ways are not your ways, yet supernatural. Flow with me in light, love, and abundance. Dallas, thank you so much. Thank you for those beautiful words. <laughs> and we and we will remember that, and we will look forward to your worldwide ministry as well. I'm just blessed to know you as a friend, so thank you so much for being here. And we want to thank you all for joining us today on Eve's Drop. You can find us on iTunes, and you can also go to Big Brains Media and check us out. Uh, we have a weather show there uh, and a show about the uh, what we love in Alabama, about Crimson Tide football and Auburn football as well, War Eagle. So you can check all that out at BigBrainsMedia.com. Y'all have a blessed day.